ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. As a hot summer draws to a close across central Australia, many locals are hoping the cooler weather leads to a calmer autumn on the streets of Alice Springs. Crime often spikes in hot months, and this year has seen fresh angst about young offenders, despite efforts to stem the flow of alcohol and fund social services. Those concerns are now being echoed by the federal Labor MP who represents the region, who's calling for a tough love approach to youth crime. Marion Scrimshaw is a Labor MP for the seat of Lingiari, and that includes Alice Springs, and she joins us this morning. Marion, lovely to speak to you. Good morning, PK. How are you? Great. What has the situation with youth crime been been like in Alice Springs over summer? Look, I think like everywhere, it um, it has its moments, and certainly during the summer, like we saw last summer, PK it gets a bit out of control. And I think people have given that this is, you know, the the second year, and and a lot of that what people. Steve hasn't abated and we're seeing a real exodus out of um, Central Australia. People are leaving and and that could be bad for the town, it could be bad for the economy but, you know, people that are staying are feeling unsafe and that's that's not good given that uh, particularly home invasions and property damage has, has certainly increased over this summer compared to last. There have been efforts to deal with the issue, including the reintroduction of alcohol bans and restrictions. What's your assessment of how those are working? Yeah, look, last uh, summer, PK, when that happened, when the Prime Minister came in and there was, um, you know, $250 million on top of 48 and a whole lot of other um, resources put into Central Australia, but more importantly, Alice Springs, um, I'd always said that there were two issues. One was alcohol and all of the violence related to alcohol through domestic and family violence and the impact that that was having on services and and particularly the hospital um, and police resources. The other issue was always something that I think no one thought was going to get as bad as it was, and that was the issue with young people. Now, if you you know a lot of a lot of those young people, for whatever reason, there were a lot that came in with their families and then got left in Alice Springs. That issue of you know youth crime just hasn't uh, been dealt with and hasn't gone away. People know that it's there, and look, I think both governments, both Northern Territory and the federal government, with a lot of money, has tried to deal with some of this, uh, including taking some of these young people uh, to camps out of Alice Springs, that in some aspects over Christmas and the New Year period did work, uh, where a lot of these young people were, you know, diverted to other activities. Some of those activities have come to an end, uh, but you've got a really hard core of, of young people. Not all young people are doing this either, PK, and that's what I was trying to – I said to the media yesterday, it's, a, it's a, a hard core group, and the police and Territory families know who these young people are. But I, you know, and I've said to the government, there's got to be another way because you can't just keep grabbing these kids and taking them home because – 
there's a real problem at home and a lot of them, whether they don't feel safe, whether, you know, there, there isn't anyone at home, once the police leave, they're back out on the street again uh, with their friends. So we've just got to, you know, we've got to make some inroads into this cycle before somebody gets seriously hurt, particularly a young person. That's that's what I fear is that... What do you fear? What cars, do you think is going to happen? Well, you know, like stealing cars at 10 years old, um, you know, young people stealing vehicles and then, you know, racing through the middle of, of town at 3, 4 in the morning or, you know, down the highway. These young people aren't equipped to handle some of these vehicles. And my fear is that you know, someone is going to get seriously hurt. We saw that in the top end where some young people stole a vehicle and they drove from Catherine and to Darwin and they had an accident uh, on their way to Darwin and they were killed. Um, that's, you know, I, I think we've got to try and look at how do we stop talking about this and and get some sort of, you know, not Donda. Look, I... Yeah, because you've been quoted as saying that the kids getting into trouble shouldn't be treated as little angels and that a tough love approach is needed. Now, of course, that's language that can be interpreted as perhaps inflammatory. What do you mean by that? Yeah, look, I I think, you know, ignoring the issue uh, just or or not doing anything with with that and and people and going the the softly, softly, I, I think... You know, these kids have been ignored for too long and I think sometimes we've just got to stop uh, pussyfooting around this issue, uh, PK. I think sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, a lot of these young people have uh, FASD or they have issues and and I get that FASD is a a major issue, uh, particularly in and around Central Australia. But... The diagnostic tool for FASD hasn't, there's a backlog of a lot of these kids. And I think people are just making assumptions that that's what these young people are suffering from. Um, And we've got to, you know, I just think we've got to stop pigeonholing these young people, uh, say to them that they are, you know, they have the opportunity to have more productive lives rather than, you know, where they're going to end up. And I think intervening and showing a kid that you care and sometimes you've got to just put your, you know, like we can't um, we can't continue to allow these young people to be doing the damage that they're doing. They're not only doing that to themselves, they're doing it to the community. And but I suppose people... the big debate often is between a sort of criminal justice approach, a, a sort of stick, yep. and those early interventions to try and, you know, holistically look at this uh, young people and their needs, particularly ones yep. that are behaving like this. What do you think needs to happen immediately and how can the federal government be involved? I Look, we, we could be involved with, and we've done that, um, with funding and resources, and that needs to be more targeted. Northern Territory Government, and I've had plenty of conversations yesterday, PK, with different ministers, and the last conversation I had was particularly with Minister for Territory Families, and that was to look at not doing the punitive approach, but have a look at 
how do we do the therapeutic care? How do we have a facility that's not like Don Dale, but how do we take these kids so that they can feel safe and the, and it's secure for them and you can work with them, but also target the families because that's what's often missing in this. People think those young people and just target them. But I think that we've got to seriously start looking at targeting families because if a family, because what I've seen here, but also around the Northern Territory PK, there are a lot of grandmothers picking up this issue and yet the, the mother and the, you know, the others are getting the payment for these kids and they're absent. And so we've got to start, you know, we've, we've got to stop allowing this to happen and give support to the, to the grandmother, to there are mums that are struggling in this. So if they are struggling, let's look at how do we get that support to those young people and them to get people back on track. Before I let you go, Marion, I just want to take you to a, a debate that's going on at the moment about the yeah. referendum and the way that played out. Yeah. And there have been some arguing, including Professor Marcia Langton, that it was a mistake to try and go to that referendum without having a model that was legislated first, with the benefit of hindsight, because that's obviously the only realm we work in now. Yeah. Do you think mistakes were made? Oh look, I I think PK we can we can you know hindsight's always always a good thing and I think at the time uh, what was presented to the government and what we went you know what happened um, should we have done better absolutely and let me tell you as a First Nation MP I think who spent a lot of that time uh, going around the Northern Territory out in remote communities. Uh, the expectation from people, um, you know, and people felt, felt pretty flat uh, in relation to the result. Um, look, I look. Would a legislative body, uh, which was argued by the other side, not to 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 happen, uh, would that have got up? I, I you know, I think that uh, we needed to do, and we went through the process because that's what was putting. That's what was put to the government to go forward with that. There is a motion in Parliament uh, this week uh, when we get down, which I will talk to, which has been a you know a motion brought in by Senator Price uh, in relation to the referendum. Um, I will speak to that because I think. What does the motion you know, call for? Oh, look, I think it's uh, the wasted $450 million, I think, that was spent on the referendum and that, you know, there are other means with closing the gap rather than, you know, the wasteful referendum. If you have a look at the motion, I think it's uh, it's just another political exercise um, and I think we could go around and, you know, go around and down date, you know, as many arguments we want with this, I think what had happened happened, uh, but we do have to do better for First Nation people of this country. We can't ignore, you know, the results that happened in the Northern Territory and whilst Darwin had, you know, quite a high result, I took a lot of heart from the bush, but also places like Cannon Creek, which I expected um, 
to, to you know, that we weren't going to get anywhere. We won, you know, the small booth in Tennant Creek. Alice Springs had a vote of nearly 46% um, PK, which was, you know, So would you like to see the government legislate regional and local bodies then? Look, I think that's the decision. I think, you know, I'm going around particularly remotely and talking to people as to how do we do this and what next and and it's it's been some interesting conversations for because you know people and and there's been a lot of comments if we do the, you know will we get slapped back again you know will there be disappointment why didn't this happen and some of this has come from young people pk it's not just the older people in the community this is this has opened up um you know the the in the the thought process of young people out bush, why didn't this happen? Um, and how can we go forward with this? So, you know, it, it's been good to to have those discussions. Um, I'm looking forward. One of the things that we, we're doing with this is rolling out uh, the real jobs commitment, which was the old CDEP. Yep. And, you know, for that, that's that for me, it's probably more real and tangible um, and and needs to happen because there are a lot of young people in the bush that do need to work. Mm. Marion, always a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Thank Thanks, you. Marion Scrimshaw is a Labor MP for the seat of Lingiari and you're listening to Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.